Welcome to Multifamily Live. I'm Kaylee Arusi. And I'm Jason Arusi. Our mission is to help you unlock your full potential as a multifamily real estate investor. So you can do more deals, bigger deals, with less stress, keep more profit, and free up your time. Multifamily doesn't have to be a mystery. It's time to go live. All right, so welcome back to Multifamily Live. Super excited for today's guest who him and I actually, we met just, I mean, probably just over a little, a month ago on Clubhouse. And it's been great getting to know him, Ahmed Sarafi. Hey, Ahmed, how you doing? Good morning, Jason. How you doing? Good to be here. Good to have you. And so Ahmed's in the uh, great state of California, uh, keeping uh, all of us at bay and letting us know how the weather is as, as we've all been hit by snow. So Ahmed, tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, um, my name's Ahmed, born and raised in uh, Southern California. I have uh, been in real estate all of my life in one facet or another, either starting out after college, um, going into commercial real estate, doing sales and leasing the industrial and office property, moving on from that into construction management and managing um, a large construction company that uh, dealt with primarily public projects. So we were building schools, colleges, university type buildings and stuff like that. And then over the years, you know, started a business, um, you know, with, with my family and my father and I, and uh, now have come full circle. And now I'm trying to come back and really grow and expand that business into uh, what it can be and what it should be. Um, mainly focusing on multifamily development. Uh, we particularly want to focus on active senior 55 plus uh, and older senior type properties um, and have a couple of properties in uh, various phases of development versus whether it be uh, plans of permits or going through entitlements right now. So uh, I got a couple hundred units uh, coming soon and uh, got a couple hundred more in the pipeline. What is one of the keys that made uh, working with your father uh, a success, right? Because so many times people come back and they, they can't align on interest and, and it creates a, a different narrative for sure. That that was the tough one. You know, it's uh, when I was working with him, you know, it's uh, it was all his call. You know, I would do all the work, but it was always his decision making. But uh, he's been out of the business for a few years now. So uh, things have definitely been more and more in my lane in terms of my decision making. And now uh, I really want to take advantage of relationships, social media, um, you know, personal branding and anything else I can do to get our name out there as uh, an active developer in the market and to have deals come to me versus me going out and hunting for the deals all the time. What do you find is one of the uh, the keys to doing that successfully, right? So getting out there and, and improving or not improving your brand, but, but letting people know your brand exists. Uh, I guess one of the best keys out there is definitely letting them know what I do. You know, I'm not just a uh, passive investor or developer that does uh, rely on everyone else. I actually get out in the field and I do it myself. I drive the streets. I look for the properties. I look for the opportunities. I go and make the relationships and the context and I put myself out there just as much as anyone else can or they should to go out there and, and to do business versus me sitting back waiting for things to happen to me and things to come my way. I actually, you know, I guess it's a uh, coming back from my days as being a commercial broker is, you know, you just got to get out there and knock on doors and talk to people. 
when you've now done all these development projects and continuing forward, one, one of the, the, the negatives people bring up a lot is that it's, it's almost like boom or bust, right? You see, you see a lot. How do you hedge so you, you consistently are finding projects that, that can meet the narrative you're looking for? Um, but of course, it, with such a long runway, you know, it could be 12 months, 18 months, three years before you get started. How, how do you look at that? That's a, that's a big part of what I do on a daily basis because it's hard because you need to create that pipeline. You need to create that, like you said, that runway of deals for the next five or 10 years. And what I've been doing a lot recently is looking out of state because California is just really difficult to get things going. Plus, it's very competitive. So even though I have some opportunities here to move forward with and to continue to work on for the next few years, I think... Uh, I am definitely uh, looking at land outside of the state of California. So I'm looking at um, property in Arizona. We have some properties there, but I'm looking at development opportunities there to add to the pipeline and even possibly Texas or Nevada as well, just to kind of fill up that pipeline and start moving out of state where things are a little bit more easier to do and competition is still there, but it's the opportunities are more, you know, versus here in California. What, what sets aside because the markets you touched on are really you know dynamic markets. So Nevada, Texas, Arizona. So how how does the narrative change? What, what metrics will you look at in those markets that potentially aren't available in the California? Um, one of them is the availability of land. You know, right now there's more land available there than there is here. But I also look at the you know the regulatory or the governmental approvals. Things are not as difficult there as. Uh, prohibitive at getting projects started there as well. So I know I can get into a project a lot more easier than I can do here. So another thing to look at as that is also the cost of land. Cost of land is much lower. I look at migration trends, a lot of people moving to those states. I look at baby boomers, since I do 55 plus active senior apartments, I look at the baby boomers, the retirement and the migration trends of those people who are retiring and where they're going as well. So, you know, it's Sunbelt State. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same as any apartment or uh, investor looking to get into the business that are looking at Sunbelt States. But it just happens that a lot of those factors are the same for 55 plus active seniors. Plus, I'm based here in Southern California, so I can't go too far out of my out of my zone. I can't be developing across the country without a team. I don't have that team at this moment. It's just me and some others. So I got to kind of keep it also geographically close and manageable at the same time. How do you, well, I'll say win on a 55 and plus development site? What are some of the things that, that you have to put your attention on from all aspects, right? From some of the right land, the right um, positioning where it's located um, to really just some of the procedures on, on lease up. I'm assuming that you're, you're not selling that CO, you're selling it or, or you maybe even keeping it. Talk me through a little bit of this. So the properties that we do, we look to keep for the long term. These go back into a family trust as I operate as a family office. So the multifamily stuff, I will keep for the long term. Hmm. And when it comes down to what I'm looking for, I'm looking for properties kind of on the perimeter, on the fringe. I'm not looking to get into a, any sort of bidding war. I'm looking to go in the path of growth and the path of development. So if it's something like that, uh, I'm looking at stuff that is maybe, you know, five years down the road, you know, because it will take me a couple of years just to get the project up and going. So if I put it in the pipeline for the next five or 10 years, I'll look for land and the areas that will start really growing and expanding in the next five or 10 years. I'll go down, you know, three off ramps so there's nothing there, but I know things will be happening there sooner or later. I'll go down 
you know, 10 miles down the road versus two or three miles down the road, because I know in five or 10 years, that 10 mile mark is going to be get real busy, but I will have already purchased those opportunities at a much lower land basis cost. So definitely looking for, you know, the outlying areas. And I don't want to get into a bidding war with all the big major developers as well, where they kind of fight for all the stuff that is more local and more accessible because they wouldn't need to buy and build it right away. I don't need to buy and build right away. I can, you know, fill that pipeline the way I see it. I don't have shareholders to go back to and say, hey, I got a thousand units under development this year versus, yeah. you know, or not. I don't have anybody to answer to except as long as I'm making a profit and I'm growing and expanding. Um, and making sure the family office is continually, continuously, you know, increasing in value and opportunity. See, that's one of the bonuses. And for people listening, what, what Ahmed said here is it's so important, right? Because his his way to let people know what he's doing, it also has the narrative that that he has a different closing timeline and a different project timeline, right? So he can be more bullish when he needs to be, more more uh, patient, right? And that 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 can prove a lot of a lot of advantages, right? Where, where if there's a certain fund that has to put money money to work in a certain time period or, or a syndication where they're they're actively searching right well the, well the the time value of money right it, it it starts to to drip away if you're if you're not actively putting that that project into place and that that can set up where I was just talking to someone recently, they were um, trying to push forward a project. Now construction costs have gone through the roof and, and they're still, now they're in, under the gun, right? And so how do you look at um, the labor shortages and some of the construction costs as you're analyzing where you're going today? You know, that's also comes into play in the five to 10 year, you know, pipeline that I like to put together because like I said, I'm not institutional. I'm not a big, you know, national developer like related or, you know, or um, some of the others and stuff like that, that do large apartment complexes across the country. I don't have anyone to answer to. So if there is a labor shortage or a spike in materials, I'm able to adjust my development pipeline to fit that. Or I, if I need to spread it out or shorten it up, I can do that much more easily than the big guys can because I don't have anyone to answer to. I only have to make sure I'm moving forward versus going in reverse so but in doing that you know it, it is a big it also you know applies to me as well but i think because i go and i buy my land on the outlying areas i'm at, at a much more lower land cost meaning sure. i have a lot more cushion in there in case there are changes and fluctuations of their materials or labor or what have you not i'm able to absorb that a whole lot more better because my land cost is so low when you look at land costs, is there, is there a figure in mind or percentage of mind that you constantly try and for someone who's saying, oh, OK, I'm trying to look at development. I'm trying to look at how to how to look at land as, to, as part of the entire project. Do you, is there some figure in your mind that that's a good placeholder? No, not really. I just, you know, I, I you know, when I go out and look at stuff, I look at things like I said, if it, I'm five years out. Like right now I'm looking at stuff in North Phoenix, North Scottsdale. It's really far North, but you know, when five, seven years, it's going to start building up out there. I'm looking at 20 acres for $3 a square foot, but you know, in a few years, it's going to continuously go up and up and up. I'm looking at stuff out in the, you know, the Palm Springs area that is, you know, twice that price, but it's still, I'm still able to absorb it and, and you know, as long as I'm able to entitle that land and have it approved for the multifamily and I come in at, you know, let's say I have it entitled land at 
$10,000 a door, $15,000 a door. I know at that price, I can always sell the project to another developer or I can develop it myself and still make a good profit. So if I'm coming in somewhere between 10 and $15,000 a door on entitled land, I think I'm doing pretty, pretty good with that. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter what market that may be, you know, as long as I can do that, I'm doing well. You know, what's incredible is that is that most people don't think about the there, there's always multiple exit strategies if you're looking for them, right? And so if so many times in development, you get stuck in the capacity where you're just looking at, okay, I'm just going to build it, right? But there's so many different exit points you can have, right? You, you can just get that and get a nice price on the land to sell the land. You can get it entitled. You can take it to CO, sell it there. You could get at least up to a certain percentage, right? And so there's a lot of ways to win when you figure out that game plan. As you, as you move forward into more and more projects, um, how are you going to look at really scaling, but still keeping to your part of, of having the ability to, uh, to control the time narrative? That's going to be tough because, you know, we all want to grow. We all want to scale at a, at a fast pace and a large pace and, and have, you know, thousands and thousands of units and stuff like that. But you need the right team around you. I need to build that team because I'm able to go and handle a couple of projects at a time. Not a problem. Uh, as long as I have a couple of good, uh, you know, site managers and uh, superintendents and project managers on my team, I could always go out and find those. But if I really want to grow and scale, I need to kind of create that team with people in key areas that can go and act as a regional representative, saying someone out in the Phoenix market, somebody out in the Dallas market, somebody out in the Las Vegas market that knows they can, you know, oversee a project. They can go and make sure the prices and the labor and the um, materials and the subcontractors are all, you know, showing up on time and things aren't getting out of hand. And they're able to control those factors that, are some of those things that you kind of almost have to be on site to control because you sure. can't you can't control those from an office in California. You kind of always have to be on site. So I think some of the best developers out there have really good people on the site managing those uh, those issues that may come and go depending on you know what day of the week it is. So definitely need to create that team, but you know that's something that is important to me, but I'm not quite there yet, but I'm definitely learning and taking notes from everybody that does it right now, because I know creating that team does take a while. Yeah. And some people like to say that you can do everything from afar, but, but when the group, you know, you may have contractors showing up, you know, a half hour late and leaving an hour early and they're, you know, it's basically 20% of the day, they're not, yeah. they're not doing work. And if you're not yeah. paying attention to that, you know, one of your projects have an overrun, you're not getting things done in the right, the right timeline and having that person that you can point to, it really helps you keep the pace. Um, looking at that hire, would, would that be, who, who in your mind would be the first hire? Would it be that regional person? Um, no, I think it'd probably be a very, very well-qualified superintendent. Somebody that doesn't mind traveling to job to job or location to location to, to work. I mean, I could fly him back home every weekend if he wanted to be, but if I had something two or three projects here in California, easy enough. But if I had a project or two in Phoenix that was going up, I would want him to be able to at least come back home and see his family on the weekends and stuff like that. But definitely a high quality superintendent could could assume the role as a on-site project manager, superintendent, scheduling, you know, um, observation, and also, you know, quality control as well. Like if you get a really good superintendent, I've seen them be able to wear a lot of hats and, you know, they do, you know, come with a hefty price tag for sure. Like really good superintendents I've seen, you know, charge, you know, upwards to $150,000 a year, but that could be, you know, nothing compared to the amount of money and time and anguish and, and, and financial control of not having them there. Yeah.
Yeah, I love that. When you, you're looking at your growth within the company and, and maybe that part is that how are you using um, different debt options to, to allow you to expand? So what's a, what's a typical, if there is, um, structure for your deal? Yeah. So right now, you know, you know, you know, I've been pretty fortunate to be able to self-fund for the next, say, five years because I have enough, you know, uh, cash available on hand to create the owner's equity portion of any sort of development I go after. But I know I'm going to have to, you know, go looking elsewhere when those more and more opportunities arise because I am pursuing more and more opportunities as we speak. So in doing that, I'm looking at potential partners that come in in the equity portion as an equity investor. Um, I'm not looking to syndicate myself. That's something I don't want to get into, but I would go to a syndication because I don't want to be having the responsibility of answering the phone call and being responsible to 5, 10, 15, 20, or 30 people, 50 people, yeah. whatever that syndication may be. I want to be able to go to people like you, Jason, and say, hey, Jason, you're my partner on the deal. You are the you know equity portion of the deal. I'm dealing with you back and forth on a continuous basis, making sure your money is secure and you're getting the kind of return that you're expected and that you're a good partner for me. I'd rather deal with you versus 10, 20 or 30 people. So I will go to certain few individuals versus going out to the market and mass to look for that, that equity portion of uh, financing the projects. Yeah, that makes complete sense, right? Scalability on, on really just setting up the structure so it can continue the narrative forward. Um, you mentioned a few other things that you're you're always focused on, like car washes and other points. Are there other things that you're constantly looking for? Those are those are kind of like the uh, the the cash flow uh, for the business because you know I come from a, a background that you know my dad had a gas station. I grew up in the gas station. We're familiar with the automotive business. The car washes are they're fun. They're easy to do, and they act as the cash cow or the cash generation machine to go out and do all the larger multifamily deals, which, you know, go into the family trust, they stay within the corporation for the long term. We're not interested in, in having a five or seven or 10 year hold. Those are long term hold type properties. So there's, that's what we look at with those. And, you know, uh, if I, I'm also working on creating a franchise out of this as well. So if I can create a franchise model, it could be another profit center where I can go out and bring that product to others who are looking to get into the car wash business and say hey i have a franchise model here you want to be a part of it you know we already have you know right now we already have four locations that we're working on i got two others that i'm negotiating on so you know you know most likely within the next 18 months 24 months i'll have six locations up and operating and that will give me enough to go out and offer this as a franchise model to other people as well what is what makes or breaks a car wash to me, I think that would be the quality of the car wash, um, you know, and the uh, and the way they treat it. I make it a point to visit every car wash, you know, every time I drive by one to see what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. And you can see the guys that, you know, they have a brand new car wash. It's been open for a year and it looks like it's 40 years old because they just don't maintain it. Why would I want to go back to a place to yeah. clean my car where the place looks old and, and beat up already? Um, so I like going to the places that put a little effort into giving you a good quality car wash. They put a little money into their equipment. They maintain their equipment. They make sure everything's working right, the equipment. Uh, they use high quality uh, chemicals, such as your soaps and wax and your water rinses and stuff like that. You can actually tell someone who is actually spending 25 cents more 
per car on the chemicals versus someone who's trying to save 25 cents per every car. It's a big difference. And you, you, you'll get to know that pretty quick if you uh, just visited a few in your local area. You know, it's funny, I, you know, I just moved to New, uh, Tennessee from New Jersey and, and in Tennessee here, at least in the town that I know here, and I asked the guy, where, where's one that does this? He said it was 30 miles away is um, mm-hmm. all the car washes are only exterior here and then they have free vacuums. Right. So there's no there's no car washes that actually clean the in, like clean the inside of the car, which I thought was really just coming from New Jersey. It seemed like that was just happenstance, like that's what happened. So that I, I to, to ask the guy, I figured it'd be like a mile away. It's like, oh, it's about 35 miles away. I was like, whoa, interesting. Yeah. So it shows every market serves different needs or where there's the gap. You know, you got to remember that this society that we're living in, we're going to more of a convenience factor. You know, look at everything is getting delivered by Amazon and Uber Nobody is doing anything anymore for themselves. So if you could provide a quick, convenient uh, service, people are going to go to it. That's why these car washes work so well. You know, if you go for those full service car washes, you got to get out of your car and you got to sit down for 30 or 40 minutes every weekend or whenever you go for them to wash your car, to vacuum, to detail, et cetera, et cetera. Well, some people just want a quick, clean wash and they can get in and out in 10, 15 minutes with a wash and a, and a quick vacuum and a wipe down. This is the convenient factor that people are looking for these days. So that this only lends itself to, to this type of evolution of the car wash model. Same thing with, with apartments and multifamily. The more services you can provide your tenants and add a level of convenience to their life, the happier they're gonna be and the longer they're gonna stay in your property. And the longer they stay there, the less turn you have, the less wear and tear, the less, you know, um, difficulties you have with people coming and going and they they're they are in the your apartments for the long term because yeah it's so huge it's one component a lot of people never talk about is that hey if you make the tenant's life great or better right they're going to stay and that that helps you in the long run it helps you for for your building in general the turn and burn you know how they're going to treat the unit they feel like it's just another apartment well they're probably not going to care if you know they if they knock a kitchen knob off but if it's if they treat it like their home they they start to have a different appetite for how they'll look at the property i'm at always always engaging always learning for everyone listening uh where are best places to find you uh well i used to tell everyone just follow me on instagram because it's uh, on instagram it's ahmed the real estate developer uh, which is probably pretty easy to find. Uh, it's spelled A-H-M-E-D, the real estate developer. And I've been spending a lot of time on Clubhouse with you and others just going out there and sharing sharing knowledge because, you know, I'm pretty sure and I'll put money on it that we'll never compete with each other because this market is so big. And all the people on Clubhouse are definitely there looking for to learn and, you know, what's better to give back to people who are really eagerly wanting to learn. So I spend a lot of time on Clubhouse hosting some rooms about, you know, real estate development and, and the different aspects of it. So you could find me there as well uh, under Ahmed Serafi and it's A-H-M-E-D-S-E-I-R-A-F-I, easy enough. And uh, I'm there throughout the week. If you have not, check out Ahmed. He gives some real just gold every time we have these meetings and these groups there. So Ahmed, thank you so much. We super appreciate your time. Uh, it's been great. Thank you, Jason. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. And for everyone listening, thank you. We'll talk to you shortly. Want to learn exactly how we're finding high profit, cash flow ready multifamily properties off market? Want to find out how to run lightning fast syndications to raise all the capital you need for your next multi million dollar deal? 
in just a few days? We are breaking down our entire process step-by-step at a three-day event happening June 10th through the 12th called, you guessed it, Multi-Family Live. We've done events before, but nothing this massive or this valuable. And for the first time ever, we're going to open the doors and walk you guys through literally every step of what we're doing on our multifamily deals. This is a virtual event, so you don't have to travel or even leave your couch, but spots are limited. Sign up at multifamilyliveevent.com and we'll see you there.